Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. But our key scriptures in this series are found in Exodus chapter 33 and in Psalm chapter 51. I want to read to you from Psalm 51 just to remind you of a verse from last week. Psalm 51 verse 11, David again speaking, he says this, Don't banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. And that's really what this series is all about. Being desperate for the presence of Jesus. Being desperate for something that only Jesus can do for you. And today I want to focus in on a story in the New Testament. It's found in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. We'll read that in just a moment. But I'll spend the most of my time, we're going to break down these verses. But before we read these verses, let me give you some background on what's happening here. We'll see this in just a moment, but Jericho is the city where this event happens. It happens on the outskirts. Jesus and his disciples are leaving this city. But Jericho, at this point in time, there was, it was kind of like old Mexico, New Mexico. There were two parts to Jericho. And there were around 100,000 people living in this city at this time. One of the interesting facts about Jericho is Jericho is one of the oldest Um, inhabited cities on planet earth today. It's one of the oldest cities. It was one of the oldest cities when Jesus was walking planet earth. So this is an old city. And verse 46 tells us that Jesus and his disciples are leaving this city and they're headed toward Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem is about 17 to 18 miles from Jericho. And one thing I want you to recognize Um, in this story is that the roads, you can see this when we start to read in Mark chapter 10, but the roads are already crowded. Why are they crowded? Well, it's Passover season. When this is happening, it's Passover season. The crowds are already beginning to go toward Jerusalem. And Jesus and his disciples are in this crowd of people moving out of Jericho in toward Jerusalem. And it's in these conditions, on the outskirts of Jericho, where Jesus encounters Bartimaeus. Now, one thing that would be very common in these days is for people to encounter a beggar on the side of the road. The, the, the government did nothing to help beggars. They did not have a plan for them. So most beggars, blind, blind men, lame, deaf, however, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, anybody that would be begging, they would either be taken care of by their family and friends or they would resort to begging. And that's what we see happening in this story. And one of the things that I find very interesting in this story, I have my theory on this and I'll share it with you in just a moment, but one of the things I find very interesting in this story is that we know the name of Bartimaeus. When you look through the Gospels and you see Jesus healing people, most of the time you do not know them by name. We do not hear their name. Usually we see things like, and there was a leper 
or and there was a blind man. We see that in Mark chapter 8 verse 22. But we see or there was a man by the pool or there was a woman with the issue of blood. There's multiple times we see but we don't know the people by name. But Bartimaeus is named. I'm not exactly sure but like I said I have my theory. But Bartimaeus is neither rich. He's not politically connected. He's not influential. We don't know his name. We don't know his family. We don't know any history about Bartimaeus. All we know from this story is his name is Bartimaeus. He's blind and he's desperate. Here's what I want to tell you today. Don't underestimate the power of your desperation. Don't underestimate the power of your desperation. Desperation, I believe, can be a powerful tool for change. So today I want to talk with you about this idea. The title of today's message is this. Don't underestimate your desperation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you in these next few moments to be in this room. I know that you have something very specific that you want to speak to this room, to this people. God, I pray that today each of us would would look within in this message and say, what are you trying to speak to me? God, I pray that every one of us would take this message personally, a challenge from heaven. Give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hey, I want to encourage you, take notes. And I want to encourage you also, just as I prayed there, would you ask the Lord as I'm speaking today, what's he trying to say to you? Really take this message to heart. But in the Bible, we notice a pattern. Uh, we see this on several occasions where Jesus is passing by. Jesus is going somewhere else. Or you can see it in the Old Testament, in essence, where the presence of God is doing something else and desperate people cry out and change, in essence, the plan of Jesus. And that's what happens in this story with the story of Bartimaeus. And using this story, using Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52 as our guide today, I want to ask you two questions. And I want you to take these two questions to heart. And I want you to see what the Lord would be speaking to you. But here's the first question I want to ask you today. What are you willing to do to capture the attention of Jesus? That's the first question. What are you willing to do to capture the attention of Jesus. Second question I want to ask you is this. If Jesus were to suddenly stop in front of you today and ask you, what do you want? How would you respond? And what would you ask for? With those two things in mind, let's ask the first question. Let's deal with it. What are you willing to do to get God's attention? Let's look at the story Verse 46, reading to you from the message translation here. It says this, they spent some time in Jericho, and then as Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples, and listen, and a parade of people. Now, I think sometimes in Scripture, we can just read through stories. We don't pay attention. We don't really pay attention to what's happening. We don't pay attention to the, all the surroundings. We just, we just read it. But this is important. Jesus was leaving the city. 
Jesus was headed toward Jerusalem. Here's my opinion. I don't think Bartimaeus was on the mind of Jesus. I don't think Bartimaeus had a set-up appointment with Jesus. I don't think Jesus was saying, hey, there's going to be a blind man, and I'm going to touch him. I think this was a random act. And yes, Bartimaeus is a part of this story, and Bartimaeus is in close proximity to Jesus. But listen, but just because Bartimaeus is close, just because he is blind, just because he has a need, listen to me today, that doesn't mean that he's on the agenda of Jesus. Bartimaeus could have sat by thinking that day, Jesus will see me. But I can tell you, and I want you to write this down, proximity to Jesus doesn't guarantee you anything. Proximity to Jesus doesn't guarantee you anything. Bartimaeus could have sat by thinking, I'm blind. I heard how he healed somebody else's blind just a few days ago. Surely he will heal me, but I have a need. Another thing I want to tell you, and I want you to write this down, need in and of itself. Simply having a need does not obligate Jesus to meet that need. Did you hear me? You think, man, that's harsh and that's cold. No, just because you have a need, it doesn't mean Jesus is going to do something. Listen today. And some of you in this room today, you have a need. Some of you in this room today, you may be desperate. But listen to me. Just being in the room today isn't good enough to get Jesus to move. Just because we walk in the room today doesn't mean Jesus is going to say, well, I'm going to meet their need today. No, what Bartimaeus did is Bartimaeus put his need on display. And that's crucial to your miracle. Let me say it again. Bartimaeus put his need on display. Jesus, as I said, was leaving the city. He was heading toward Jerusalem. The need was there. I'm guessing, I don't see this anywhere else in Scripture, but I'm guessing that Jesus had possibly, at least on one occasion, already passed by the blind man. He'd already passed by Bartimaeus. Why do I think that? Well, Jesus went multiple times in and out of Jericho. Bartimaeus was a blind man. This was his spot to beg. This was his place. I guarantee you he was sitting there on other occasions when Jesus passed by. But today is a different day for Bartimaeus. I want you to notice what happens. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus was sitting alongside the road. And this is key. When he heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, he began to cry out. He sat there waiting. He was silent. He was quiet. Is that what it says? No. He cried out. Out And on this day, which is a day like every other day for Bartimaeus, he goes there thinking, I'm going to beg. He's looking for charity. That's what he does. He's got his sign holding it on the side of the road that says, I'm blind, we'll work for food, or whatever he's holding up that day. He's got his cup. He's saying alms for the poor. He's begging. This is just like any other day for him, except that it is not. I wonder today, is this just like any other Sunday for you, but it's not? Bartimaeus is there, he's begging, but something happens. Bartimaeus now begins to hear the buzz of the crowd. And possibly, again, you have to allow me some room to expand with this story. You have to read between the lines a little bit. But possibly, Bartimaeus hears someone say the name of Jesus. 
Hey, that's Jesus. Because remember, he can't see. So maybe he hears somebody say, here is Jesus. And maybe Bartimaeus thinks, is this the Jesus that I've heard about for months? Because you see, Jesus in that day was a very common name. There was not only one Jesus. This, was a, this Jesus name was a common name during this time period. But he's thinking, maybe this is the one I've been hearing about, Jesus the healer. Maybe this is the one who, Jesus the healer of the blind, or Jesus the healer of the leper, or the lame. And Jesus is in this crowd that's getting closer and closer to Bartimaeus. Can you imagine on this day what's going through his mind? The anticipation. The excitement. And Bartimaeus, on this day, unlike other days, without any hesitation... Because I believe Bartimaeus set it up in his mind that I'm not going to miss my moment with Jesus. And Bartimaeus, without hesitation, shouts out in the general direction of the crowd. Why would he shout out? Because I believe that Bartimaeus was desperate for what only Jesus could do for him. I believe on this day, Bartimaeus is desperate for what only Jesus can do for him. And right now, across this room, from side to side and from front to back, some of you, you need to put your desperation on display. There are some of you in this room, you're desperate, you want a touch from heaven, you want a touch from Jesus, but you keep missing your moment. I wonder today, who in this room is desperate for something that only Jesus can do for you? I wonder today, are you going to stand by and think, well, maybe Jesus will notice me and maybe I'll get a touch today? Or are you going to be more like blind Bartimaeus and cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What are you willing to do today to capture his attention? If you sit back hoping he notices you, guess what? You might miss him. I wish that wasn't the case. But you might miss him. If Bartimaeus had sat back, he would have missed him. Jesus would have passed by. He was going somewhere else. Bartimaeus was not on his agenda. But Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And not only did Bartimaeus cry out. Not only did he cry out. But I think this is, this is why I think that maybe the name of Bartimaeus is mentioned when other names are not. Bartimaeus knew who it was. He was crying out to. If you look back at this story in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, you'll see that it says Jesus the Nazarene was passing by. Bartimaeus could care less where Jesus was from. He didn't care if he was a Nazarene. He didn't care if he was from Capernaum. He didn't care if he was from Jericho. Bartimaeus needed to know, is this the Jesus who is, who was, and who is to come? And so notice in this story with me, and this is the first time it happens in the gospel of Mark, that someone says, Jesus, son of David. This is the first time. This is saying that he is the Messiah. The reason that I believe that Bartimaeus' name is mentioned is because he knew who Jesus was. And Jesus, I, I, this, is just, this is just me, but hey, this man had such faith that he knew who I was. I'm going to put his name in the gospels. Just Just opinion. You can do with that what you want. But Jesus, but Bartimaeus knew 
who he was, what he was. And that's what matters to Bartimaeus. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of God. So he cries out. Now, let me push pause on that story for just a moment. Then there's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 9, that I just want to briefly show you just a little piece of it today. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 9. There is a Shunammite woman, Scripture says. She is the player in this story. And here's what it says. And she said to her husband, look now. I know that this is a holy man of God. Listen what it says here. Who passes by us regularly. Remember, Jesus was leaving Jericho and getting ready to pass by Bartimaeus, correct? Well, this woman, this Shunammite woman, she goes and says, Hey, this man of God passes by our house. Who is this man of God she's speaking of? She's talking here of Elisha. Elisha, the one who, Scripture says, he had a double portion, a double anointing. He was an incredible man of God and the presence of God is with him and scripture tells us he's passing by their house regularly doing ministry and I want you to notice something this woman goes to her husband and if you continue to read in 2nd Kings chapter 4 she says hey I want to do something crazy she's like I'm tired of this man just passing by our house here's what she says she says let's add on to our house for this man of God let's make Room for God. And so this man of God is passing by their house. Listen, nothing happens for this family. He's in close proximity to their house. You can be in this room today in close proximity to the presence of Jesus and walk out of here the same way you came in here. But until you cry out like Bartimaeus or until you, like this woman here, this Shunammite woman, make room for God... God sometimes is not going to move on your behalf. And you say, that's harsh. That doesn't sound like God. No, God is looking for desperate men and desperate women. And so this Shunammite woman says to her husband, hey, let's add on a room. The man keeps passing, but notice something with me. In 2 Kings, you can read the story. I'm not making it up. In 2 Kings chapter 4, it says the moment, in essence, that they got the house built, the prophet noticed that they had built this house. He stopped by their house. Guess what she did? She said, we're going to build a room in our house so that the presence of God comes in our house. Some of you need God to move in your house. Listen to me. Create room in your house for God to move. Get rid of some things in your life that are hindering God from moving in your house and in your life. But they built a room for God. The prophet stops. The prophet ministers. But not only this. The lady, we see nothing of this until afterwards. So she builds this room. Why? Because simply she wants to house the presence of the Lord. But then we see, as you continue to read on, this woman was barren. She was old. Her and her husband were unable to have children. The presence of God comes in her house. And guess what? The prophet looks at one of her friends and says, tell her in a year from now, she will have a child. Listen, you create room for God. You will experience the miraculous in your house. I promise you that. Is there anybody awake today? So this woman adds on, captures the prophet's attention. Listen to me. Desperation captures the attention of God. 
So look back at blind Bartimaeus, number Mark chapter 10, verse 47. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now listen to the crowd. But many in the crowd, they tell him, shut up. Hush. But he yelled all the louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. I want you to picture this scene with me. When you read scripture, set yourself in the, screen, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. The crowd is large. Bartimaeus is crying out. Now, something you have to see here is Bartimaeus is surrounded by a crowd, but this crowd is all about etiquette. Etiquette doesn't matter if you're desperate. This crowd is all about decorum. Decorum doesn't matter if you're desperate. That's why David told his wife, Michael, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 22, after she made fun of David for worshiping with abandonment, and Scripture says David actually took off his kingly clothes and danced. Some people say he danced naked before the Lord. I don't, I don't really believe that. I believe what happened is he took off his kingly clothes, and all he had on left was the clothes of commoners, looking like everybody else, and his wife looks at him and says, you made a fool of yourself today. What happened? Well, David brought back the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of the Lord. David brought the presence of the Lord back to his city, back to Jerusalem. David gets excited. He dances. His wife says, you made a fool of yourself. David looks at his wife and says, you think this was bad? Wait till next time. Desperation does not know etiquette. Desperation does not know etiquette. And some of you need to capture this today. Etiquette doesn't matter. Decorum doesn't matter. Rules don't matter if you're desperate. It definitely didn't matter to Bartimaeus. So the crowd, they're telling Bartimaeus to be quiet. But here's something, here's something I want you to see. And I, and I studied this extensively over the last few days and weeks. This crowd, listen, they are on their way to Passover. Listen, they are on their way to Jerusalem to worship God. And they're missing a God moment right before their eyes. How many times have you missed a moment while you were looking for something else? This crowd is missing the moment. God is right before their eyes. And so the crowd says, Bartimaeus, you're making too much noise. Stop shouting. Don't make such a scene. So they try to shush him. Have any of you ever been shushed in church? I'm not talking about like when I was a kid and my grandma Blanche would look across the room or my mom and they'd go. I, got, I think I'd get like one of those a service. And then if you got a second one, then you're getting a tap on your shoulder. But you could get one of these. I'm not talking about that kind of shush. Has anybody ever looked at you in the middle of church and said, you worship too crazy? Has anybody ever looked at you when you got out and said, man, you made a fool of yourself today? Has anybody ever looked at you and said, why do you act that way in church? That's what the crowd is doing here. They're trying to shush him because he is too desperate. But listen, the crowd's shushing had no impact on him. And something I've discovered is this. When you're desperate for Jesus, the opinions of people begin to matter less and less in your life. And some of you need to stop worrying about people and start focusing in on Jesus. I'm preaching better than you guys are acting today. I know that. Maybe it's because I'm desperate, and you guys are just saying, would you please be quiet? I want to go eat. Anyway, you can't shush me. You can't shush me. 
No, it says, Bartimaeus, listen, he kept crying all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I love this. And today, this is my prayer for Destiny Church, that we would become more and more desperate for a touch from heaven, that we would keep singing, that we would keep dancing, that we would keep worshiping, that we would keep shouting, that we would keep digging. When the world around us says, be quiet, we keep saying, no, I need more of Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What are you willing to do today to capture the attention of Jesus? Second question. If Jesus were to stop suddenly and ask you, what do you want? How would you respond today? And what would you ask for? How many of you have ever heard this statement? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For example, if I throw a ball off that wall, it's probably going to bounce and hit my wife in the head or something like that. But there's what's well, it's action equals reaction, right? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So here's, here's what I mean. Crowd to God, action. God stops. Reaction. Let me say it again. Crowd to God is the action. The reaction is God stopping. And maybe you ask today, what makes God stop? What makes God stand still? I believe it's our cries of desperation. Mark 10, somehow over the noise of the crowd, Jesus hears the cries of this desperate man. The noise of the crowd, I can't imagine, but it says a parade of people. The crowd is telling him to be quiet. Sometimes the shh is louder than the little kid making the noise. How does Jesus hear him? But it says Jesus, said, Jesus stopped and said, bring the man to me. I believe there is something about desperation that stops Jesus in his tracks. Jeremiah 33, it's a sound that God is listening for. That's what I believe. But Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. And I know that God is sovereign. Meaning, what do I mean by God is sovereign? God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. I don't have to cry out and God can heal me. I can be deaf, I can be mute, I can be lame. I, I don't have to say a word and God in his sovereignty can touch me. God can move whenever he wants, however he wants, wherever he wants, in whomever's life he wants. But the truth is there's a reason why in the story of Bartimaeus where Jesus was not going to touch him. I do not believe that with anything in me. Bartimaeus was not on his agenda. There's a reason why in the story of the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 that God stopped where he could have passed them by. But these people, they did something to capture his attention. They cried out. They made room. And listen, and Jesus changed what he was doing and where he was going because someone cried out in desperation. What makes Jesus stop today? It's your desperation. What makes Jesus stop today? It's your faith. What makes Jesus stop today? It's your worship. What makes Jesus stop today? It's your vulnerability. What makes Jesus stop today? It's when the church stops playing church and they start being the church. 
What makes Jesus stop today? It's desperately calling out on the name of Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is desperate. He's throwing all his eggs in one basket, the Jesus basket. Listen, if Jesus doesn't stop, he's still going to be blind. If Jesus doesn't stop, he's hopeless. He's lost. But Jesus does stop. And he calls Bartimaeus over. And notice what happens next. I find this part very interesting, very funny to me. Verse 50 and verse 51, it says, and they called over to him. Who's, who's they? The crowd. The crowd who just a few moments ago was telling him to be quiet now jumps on the Bartimaeus bandwagon. It's kind of like Dallas Cowboys fans. You just kind of jump on a bandwagon. But anyway, I see some ugly shirts in the room today. I want you to notice, though, how Bartimaeus responds. It says, throwing off his cloak. He was on his feet at once and he came to Jesus. Notice it doesn't say he waited for somebody to come and get him. Remember, this man is blind. And there's a crowd of people. How, how did he get to Jesus? I, I don't know, but I think the moment Bartimaeus did this, he was healed. That's what I think. I think the moment, why do I think that? Because their cloak in the Old Testament represented who they were. The government, one of the things they did do is their coat, the color of their coat, the, the material or whatever it would be, represented who they were. A blind man's coat might be blue. And it gave him a license to stand on the street corner and beg for food. And Bartimaeus on this day, the moment Jesus says, bring the man to me, it says Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak. You know what he's doing? He's saying, I no longer am who I was before I got here today. He's saying, I was once blind, but now I see. Jesus says, I'm, going, I'm getting ready to move in his life. What happens, I think, is Bartimaeus is making a bold declaration by faith. He's saying, I no longer need this coat. Jesus is getting ready to change my life forever. David did the same thing in 2 Samuel chapter 6. He threw aside his cloak. It represented who he was. And in essence, what they're saying is, it's all about you, Jesus. That's what's happening. And Jesus says, hey, Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? Well, Jesus, it's obvious. I need my toenail healed. Now, that's not how he responds. Let me say this. Earlier I said need doesn't obligate Jesus. Well, the obvious doesn't obligate Jesus. The obvious doesn't obligate Jesus. But desperation does. Faith does. Psalm 51, 16 and 17, we read it last week, said, Going through the motions doesn't please God. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Listen, heart-shattered lives, ready for love, don't for a moment escape God's notice. God notices when you're desperate. And Bartimaeus, fully desperate and full of faith, says, I want to see. And Jesus looks at him and says, be healed. Your faith has made you whole. Today, as I close, I wonder, 
If Jesus were to stop in front of you, how would you respond? If Jesus were to respond, were to stop in front of you, how would you respond? Would you throw aside your cloak? Would you cast off the very thing that represents who you are? That coat for Bartimaeus said, this is who I am. David's cloak represented him as the king, and they threw it aside at the feet of Jesus. In essence, is what they're doing. If Jesus were to stop in front of you today, how would you respond? Would you throw aside the garment that says, this is who I am? Would you throw aside your pride today for just a moment with Jesus? Would you throw aside your sin? Would you throw aside your addiction? Would you throw aside your shame and your pain? Would you, throw, would you throw aside your reputation, your career, or your rights? For a moment with Jesus, what would you do? How would you respond if Jesus were to stand in front of you today and say, what do you want? Well, I no longer need that. I want to see. How would you respond today if Jesus were to stop in front of you and ask you, what do you want? I wonder today, what would you tell him? What would you say to him? What would you tell Jesus that you want? Bartimaeus was very clear. He wanted to see. Are you clear? Do you know what you want? Let me ask you this question. What are you, and put a big emphasis on you, what are you desperate for? What do you want? What's captured your heart? What's captured your heart? You say, I'm not sure, Pastor Chad, what's captured my heart. Well, let me tell you this. If I looked at your checking account, I could tell you what's captured your heart. If I looked at what you searched for online, I could tell you what's captured your heart. If I, if I saw who you hung out with, I would tell you what's captured your heart. If I asked your family and your friends, they could tell me, hey, this is what's captured their heart. What are, you, what are you thinking about right now when I say what's captured your heart? Are you thinking, I, I really want more of Jesus? Are you thinking, I want a touch from heaven? Are you thinking today, I, I need a miracle in my marriage? Are you thinking, I need a healing, I desire financial breakthrough? What are you desperate for? You looking for more riches? Are you looking for a better job, a better house? Are you looking for different friends? Are you looking for popularity? Are you looking for prestige? What are you desperate for? I hope today, my hope with this series is that the, the, the passion and the desperation of David becomes contagious in this room. I hope that you become desperate for Jesus. And if you're desperate for Jesus today, I have good news for you. He says, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. If you're desperate for Jesus, keep seeking but I want to switch some things for some of you today. If you're desperate for a miracle in your marriage, if you're desperate for a miracle in your body, stop asking for a miracle in your marriage. Stop asking for a miracle in your body and just seek Jesus. Just go after him. Matthew 6.33 says, if you seek him first, everything else will be added to you. Seek Jesus Seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. What are you desperate for today?
If you're not desperate for a touch from Jesus, you don't have to leave that way. You can leave today desperate for a touch from heaven. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.